Since the Sandbox fans, we are back. Hope you guys like the new scenery. We've been doing some upgrading behind the scenes. You guys know the deal with the off-season, how everything goes. Today, we're bringing you guys our off-season grades. Just talking about, you know, some teams that might have had a really good off-season, some teams that might not have had a really good off-season, and a couple of teams in between. We're only going to be given two of each category, so make sure you guys stay tuned to hear them all. We're going to start off with the teams that we are giving an F. These teams failed the offseason. First team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay gets an F, and the reason why I feel that way and I'm giving them that grade is because that division's wide open. You're coming off of a team that's removing Tom Brady, arguably the greatest quarterback all time, if not the greatest player of all time. You have Chris Godwin, you have Mike Evans under contract. You'll lose Leonard Fournette, Tom Brady, Shaq Mason, Sean Murphy Bunting, and Donovan Smith. You're talking about impacts on every aspect of your football team. Your quarterback, your defensive back, offensive line, your specialist with Leonard Fournette. These are all big hits. You guys had a good draft or a solid draft, drafting Cansey and Mouch, but adding Chase Edmonds and Baker Mayfield in the offseason, that's supposed to make me feel like a division such as the NFC South that's wide open and can be won by anybody that those are moves to make our best interest going forward? No, no. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL this season. You might have went all in for a championship when they got it, but the future does not look bright. Tampa Bay. You can do better. Our next team with an F grade for the offseason. The Los Angeles Rams. You cut Bobby Wagner after a failed experiment. You get rid of Leonard Floyd. You trade Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, you do still have Aaron Donald. But besides that, what other bright spots do you have on the defensive side of the ball? Even if Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup come back healthy, who's going to stop a nosebleed on the defensive side? I do like the pick that they got Steve Avila coming out of TCU in the defensive end and Byron Young. But things are looking really slow in Los Angeles. And sad to say that that championship window and all those traded first round picks were only for one championship. Was it worth it? Is Sean McVay one of those great young coaches? Or was it just the all-in moves for the talent that they had on that roster that a championship was just expected. Really questionable thoughts on where we stand today, looking back at the past five, six years for the Los Angeles Rams. Those are the two teams with an F grade. We're next going to go to our teams with a C grade. We're not going to give D grades out. If you're getting a D, you might as well get an F. My first C grade goes to the Buffalo Bills, Kev. This is a team that's viewed as a contender in the NFL. Josh Allen at the quarterback, who's arguably an MVP candidate. Vaughn Miller, one of the better defensive players on, on that side of the ball for the past decade. Stephon Diggs, top three wide receiver in the NFL. Is coaching the question? Is personnel the question? Is it the franchise? Because we know that they made it to four Super Bowls and didn't bring back one way back when. While the Buffalo Bills added Latavius Murray and Damian Harris, bolstering that running back room, I still believe that their best running back that they have on the roster is who they drafted in James Cook. We'll see if they give him the opportunity to do so. I do like the addition of Connor McGovern 
and Osiris Torrance on the offensive line. But Dalton Kincaid's a huge question mark. You had a tight end that you saw could make an impact in Dawson Knox. What's going to make me feel that confident that Dalton Kincaid's going to come into this offense in win-now mode and make that transition to be a successful team? I don't know. I think that potentially investing in a wide receiver could have been a move that might have dictated a little bit more success. Stephon Diggs needs help, and he's visibly frustrated with the results. Josh Allen does need to do better. Sean McVay and the entire coaching staff absolutely need to do better. But the AFC is only more competitive. The division got extremely harder. The Patriots got better. The Jets got better. Miami continuously gets better every single offseason. This year, the Buffalo Bills, if they don't win it now, next year might be rebuild time. Yeah, Josh Allen is the quarterback for the foreseeable future, but you don't have the pieces to win around him if you can't do it this year. Buffalo Bills only get a C grade, and they'll be lucky to be on top of the AFC East by the time Week 18 comes around. Buffalo Bills do better. My next team with a C grade, the Green Bay Packers. Transitioning from Aaron Rodgers is never going to be an easy transition, regardless of who the quarterback is. Jordan Love has been handed the keys to the franchise after everybody was curious if that first round pick was really worth it. This is how the Packers like to do business and run organizations. We'll see if this is actually going to be set up for a sustainable and successful future for the Green Bay Packers. I did think that things were a little bit questionable, but you know, maybe they had some other targets in mind when it came to the draft and free agency. First, let's address the losses. You lose Aaron Rodgers off the bat, which is arguably one of the bigger losses in the entire NFL. Not only that, but you lose Alan Lazard, who is your number one playmaker the past couple years, since losing Devontae Adams. You lose Jerron Reed, who is arguably your best interior defensive player on that defensive line, losing him to Seattle. And on offense, along with losing your quarterback and your best wide receiver, you lose your starting tight end, Robert Tunyon. Yeah, the Green Bay Packers did not achieve their goals like they were hoping to the past couple of years, but I can't see a picture that's going to be sustainable without those players in Green Bay this year immediately. Now, in the long term, these draft picks might really, you know, build up some success as the years go on. Lucas Van Ness in the first round of that defensive end outside linebacker position. Luke Musgraves at the tight end position, which can be a good player going forward, but we understand how slow the tight end transition is to be successful in the NFL. That's not the only tight end you draft. You come here and you draft Tucker Kraft later on in the third or fourth round. Really questionable going to two tight ends when you know that your best wide receiver is Jaden Reed, who you drafted in the second, third round. So a lot of questionable things going on in Green Bay. Yeah, you have Aaron Jones. I'm not really sure that that defense is going to be competitive enough to really keep them on top of that division for the next couple of years. I gave the Green Bay Packers a C grade. This could be generous if you want me to be honest. What if these draft picks that might be good long term aren't? What's your plan for success next year? We haven't seen sustainable or promised success from Jordan Love. Things are really questionable in Green Bay with another division that's wide open. Could you have made better moves this offseason? Potentially. Now we're getting to our B grades. These teams had a little bit better of an improved offseason compared to some of the other teams in the NFL. 
We only have four teams left. Before we continue on with the off-season grades, make sure to go and check out our guest interviews on our YouTube channel. Also, stay tuned for our schedule predictions, starting with the AFC and NFC North, coming to you guys next week. Jumping back in with our B grades, a team that I feel like absolutely had a tremendous off-season is the Seattle Seahawks. After the Russell Wilson trade, the direction of the franchise was all over the place. Nobody had any idea if they were going to be, you know, a great team, if they were going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL, if Russell Wilson was the only thing keeping them afloat. We learned what the Seattle Seahawks were last year with just Geno Smith at their quarterback position. In the offseason, Seattle added Devin Witherspoon with a top 10 pick in the NFL draft. They added the best wide receiver in the class in Jackson Smith and Jigba. In the second round, they added one of the best stories and one of the more motivated players in the entire NFL draft in Derek Hall. If you haven't heard his story, take some time to check it out. It's admirable. At the running back position, this was a little bit questionable in the second round, but you add Charbonnet out of UCLA that's going to help Kenneth Walker in that running back room. If one of those two guys can't stay healthy, the other one is a plug-and-play starter and will be extremely successful in fantasy formats. Will be drafted around the eighth round in, in fantasy format. Kenneth Walker probably a little bit higher than that. On the defensive side of the ball, you had a great defensive tackle in Draymond Jones. You had Jerron Reed, who I just mentioned, coming over from the Green Bay Packers. At the linebacker position, Jordan Brooks is a little bit banged up coming off an ACL tier to start the year. You have Bobby Wagner back, and you add Devin Bush, who was a first-round pick, coming over from Pittsburgh. Along with that, in the secondary, on top of Devin Witherspoon, you add Julian Love, who was a captain for the New York football Giants last year, and is very versatile, can play cornerback, can play inside, can play that safety position, is a do-it-all defensive back player. The Seattle Seahawks are absolutely primed to take a next-step leap next year going into the season. They have the offense with Tyler Walkett and DK Metcalf. The only question is if Geno Smith can continue that success that he had last year. It's going to be really interesting. I think going into the season, just looking at the roster on paper, Seattle is definitely a top 10 roster in talent. We'll see if that translates into the season. They could potentially go from last year before the season started being viewed as one of the worst teams in the entire NFL to being a title contender all within 365 days. Pete Carroll really made it work. That front office made it work. Seattle Seahawks earned a beat, and that might be a little disrespectful for the offseason that they had. My next team with the B grade, all bias aside, is the New York football Giants. The Giants are in a position to really surprise some teams this year, as they did last year. Everybody thought the New York Giants were going to go out there and be a five-win football team. Just like I predicted in the offseason last year. This offseason, we address some needs. We take care of our quarterback. We franchise tag our running back. We bring back Darius Slayton and Isaiah Hodgins, who were our top pass catchers last year. We trade a third-round pick for arguably the second-best talent at at the tight end position in Darren Waller, hoping that he stays healthy. If we want to talk about speed on the offensive side of the ball, the Giants add Jalen Hyatt and add Paris Campbell to the wide receiver room that's given Daniel Jones immediate weapons that can be deep threats or intermediate pass catchers in any single offense that they play in. 
Going to the defensive side of the ball, we add a elite corner in the first round and Deontay Banks, who was going to have a field day being coached by Wink Martindale. We had Bobby Okereke, who was one of the more underrated linebackers coming over for Indy, was a sideline-to-sideline guy who could impact the run and get after the quarterback. We had a potential starting center in John Michael Schmidt, who dropped a little bit further than what I would have liked, but was a great value in the second round. Jalen Hyatt, a great value in the third round. The Giants absolutely killed the draft. The expectations going into next year are absolutely tough when you are in a division with the Philly Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys. Week one, the Giants get the Dallas Cowboys right off the bat Sunday night football. I'm so excited for this game to be hosted in New York because I'm really expecting the Giants to come out there and punch the Cowboys in the mouth. Whether it's a win or a loss, they need to set the tone for the season and how the rest of the 17 weeks go is dictated by week one. From everything I'm hearing around the NFL, players, coaches, general managers, all love being around Brian Dable. I'm hoping that success continues in year two and the Giants make some noise and potentially are on top as the NFC East division winners when the season wraps up. It's going to be really tough after you guys hear who gets an A to see those expectations come to fruition for the New York football Giants. Giants with a B. Now we're going to our grade A offseason and we're going to start with another team inside the NFC East, the Philadelphia Eagles. Look, it pains me to sit here and talk good about Philly. It really does. But when you have an offseason adding these defensive studs to their personnel, draft pick Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith, Kelly Ringo, Terrell Edmonds, then you keep back and retain Fletcher Cox, James Bradbury, and Darius Slay. On the offensive side of the ball, you had Tyler Steen, you re-sign with Jalen Hurts, Jason Kelsey, and Lane Johnson, and you add Rashad Penny and DeAndre Swift to your running back room. This was already with being a top two team in the NFL last year. Now having the coaching losses that you did, along with some of the personnel, you are going to take a little bit of a dip and rescind a little bit. I do think Philly still has everything it needs to compete for a Super Bowl and win the NFC East easily. Those changes in coaching are going to be the significant impact. I'm not really sure how those coaches are going to do in Indianapolis or Arizona, but I do think the Philly Eagles, with all their losses that they had, did enough to be just as competitive this next offseason. My expectation for the Philly Eagles is to continue to be one of the better teams in the NFL if they stay healthy and continue that success and compete for a Super Bowl. As a Giants fan, I'm hoping for different results, but as a football fan, that's reality. Philly has one of the best rosters in the entire NFL. They get a grade A. My last grade A goes out to the Houston Texans, who absolutely have a completely different organization and roster going into the 2023 football season. You talk about a culture change with D'Amico Ryan at the head coaching helm, who also add a great coaching staff around him. You add leaders on the offense and defensive side of the ball to help groom up your young players and make that coaching transition as easy as possible. You talk about Dalton Schultz in the tight end room as a presence on the offensive side of the ball who can come in and be a primary pass catcher. Devin Singletary, who might not be a bell cow back, but comes in with a lot of experience for Damian Pierce. Denzel Perriman and Corey Littleton in that linebacker room. Absolutely game changers on that side of the ball. 
Robert Woods, as a wide receiver, might not have all the talent and speed that he once did, but is still a great presence to teach guys like John Mechie and Tank. You add Sheldon Rankins and Ward to your defense who absolutely bring attitude and a presence and are going to help teach those young guys the way D'Amico Ryans wants to play defense. Adding Shaq Mason to an already talented offensive line really makes that a deep unit and consistent in pass blocking and run blocking. Then you go to the draft and you add the two best players in the entire draft in C.J. Stroud and Anderson. Obviously, we're showing a lot of respect to Bryce Young. You go Scruggs at the center position and then Tank Dell at the wide receiver position who was really underrated at the, coming out of Houston. The Houston Texans have everything that they need right now to win that AFC South. I know how good the Jacksonville Jaguars are. They were in the playoffs last year and the expectation is they're going to continue to grow and get better. I need to see two years of success from Jacksonville before I just deem them the champions of that division. Tennessee is getting worse. The Colts are young and inexperienced. You could say the same thing about Houston. I really do feel like Houston has an edge and will make a lot of noise coming out of the South. These are my offseason grades, A, B, C, and F. I'm going to run through again. My F grades were the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and LA Rams. My C grades were the Buffalo Bills and Green Bay Packers. My B grades were the Seattle Seahawks and the New York Giants. And my A grades were the Houston Texans and the Philly Eagles. If you guys have a grade that you would like to share, if you disagree with any of these grades, also feel free to let us know. Since the Sandbox fans, it was nice to be back in the booth in the studio for you guys with the new setup. We have the NBA playoffs going on, and it's looking like the Denver Nuggets are going to be the favorites for the NBA championship. With all that being said, there's a lot going on in the NFL offseason, and we're bringing you guys the best. Make sure to get caught up with all things since the sandbox and let us know some things that you guys want to hear. We have a lot of things working on behind the scenes and a lot coming for you for this summer. You guys know the deal. Peace, love, and five stars. Nothing left.